here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. We've been looking at what it means to be complete. And are we complete? What does it mean to be complete in Christ? And it's really based on um, Colossians. But um, I heard Shane do the same thing in Rondebosch. So I feel, I feel better about it. He said, like, he's doing a series on Ephesians. But there's so many links to the other books of the Bible. So he says if he, if he puts one scripture of Ephesians in there, then it's still a, a message on Ephesians. Amen. Um, because the Bible really cannot be taught individually. It, you can't actually teach through a book without looking at the other verses uh, the different um, references, etc. But what I'm asking you this morning is, what completes us? What completes us? Because that's a really important question, because a lot of people, like, if you don't know that you complete, then you're always going to try and get complete. If you don't know that you're good enough, you're always going to try and perform to be better. If you don't know what completes you, then you're never going to feel content and, and complete in that sense. And then I want to little, speak a little bit about unity. So what I've realized is what completes us is exactly the same thing that unites us. Okay? Now it might sound weird, but what completes us is what unites us, and we'll look at that in a moment. So another question is, uh, what is taking place on a Sunday? What are we doing? <laughs> Why are we here? Now, we said a few weeks back, we're here to save lives and change the world, amen? But how are we going to do that? We need to draw from that well. But guess what? We all have the same Holy Spirit. We all have the same well that we draw from. But maybe you just have a different bucket. Because we, we all look a little different, but we draw from that, that same well. Now, the main thing that we do on a Sunday is we share the gospel. We share the good news about Christ. And that's what any good church uh, would do and should do, is share a message not just a good message, but a gospel message, a good news message. And we'll look at exactly why that is so important. We're keeping the unity of the faith. So in the week, you listen to different things, and you, you go and you read different devotionals and Bible reading plans, and you speak to different groups. And now you come back, or you've got these ideas, and you've got these opportunities to believe different. So we come back to on a Sunday, and we share those ideas. And even in the pre-service meetings, we like I spoke the, the basically the least amount this morning in the pre-service meeting, which is good. Because uh, my voice needs to keep for three services later on. But um, we're keeping the unity of the faith. So we, we're getting what we have, and we're sort of bringing it, just realigning it, recalibrating it. So oh, I haven't thought of that. I mean, Luane shared a great word this morning that blessed me tremendously from Matthew 6 about the light of your eyes and how you can see Christ in someone's eyes. And I was like, I've never linked that scripture to this. So there's unity now, now that we have a same view on a verse. But it's also obviously to get into the word. Now, the Word is obviously the Bible, like we have it, but the Word became flesh, John 1. So when we get into the presence moment of God, then we're also getting into the Word. Now, I'm not saying we're going to redefine the doctrine not based on any verse. Please, then that's cuckoo town, run away, and uh, keep your money so we, so we die. Okay? <laughs> if we do that, just, uh, just, just close the tap so that we won't exist any further. But... We really need to understand what completes us, and then if we complete, then we're united in our completeness. 
Because if we all need to add something and we all need to add something different, then we're not united. But the unity really is the beauty that when we receive Christ, the message of salvation, the gospel, the word of truth, then if Lorenzo is complete and I'm complete, then, then we're complete. So then we unite it because it's the same thing that completed us. So really, there isn't different answers for different denominations. Think about what I just said. There is one answer. The word of truth. The son of God. The message of your salvation. Ephesians 1.13. We can look at that. It says, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. What is the word of truth? The gospel of your salvation. In whom? How whom? I thought it's a message. Now it gets personal. In who? Having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And that's where we ended last week. And we looked at the fact that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Doesn't mean only now you are, you are sealed from, from contamination. Now you can hide in your corner and the devil can't get near to you. No, you are sealed. It's the mark, actually, is the word there. The mark of the Holy Spirit. You've been marked. You've been set apart. You've been signed off, complete. You've been quality checked by God. And he says, past. That is really what the Holy Spirit, there's a signet seal on you that says, you're branded. Now, you know, when I grew up, you, and I think you still get it, but we, get, we would get Nikes, Nike shoes that was counterfeit. And we figured out ways, and I don't think any of it was true, how you figured out what is a counterfeit and what's not a counterfeit. One of the ways was how many uh, ticks or swoosh marks there was on the shoe. We're about the same age, so you remember. And you would count this, and I mean, no one validated our quality check, but between us as a, as a peer group, if you had, say, seven ticks on a shoe, then it was the real thing. But if it wasn't, then we're not so sure. That's not really how it works. What do you know is a real shoe? It's when it, the, when it leaves the factory and it's branded, it's signed off. You can take it back to the manufacturer and say, hey, is this real? Is this good enough? Is this complete? Is this what you wanted it to be? And now when we go to God, He says, you are good enough. You are complete. And he signs it off. On the back of pick and pay, um, if you buy pick and pay, no name milk, there's a signature by Mr. Raymond Ackerman. Now, I don't think he tasted the milk. I think it's just good branding. God said, you are good enough. If you have him, you're complete. You are signed. You are sealed. So when is that? It is when you hear the word of truth, when you receive that, when you believe that the gospel of what? Health, wealth, and well-being. No, salvation. The gospel of your salvation. Yes, there's benefits to your salvation, but that's not the main part. If we focus on materialistic things, temporal things, we're gonna, we have the, the risk of missing what it's really about. Romans 8 and verse 11 speaks about the Holy Spirit that rose Christ from the death, now does what? Lives in you. That's the most important part. Important part. Yes, there's side effects. Now it also gives life to your mortal body. But you know what? You can get healed and go to hell. It might delay you getting there and give you another opportunity to receive what? The gospel of truth, the message of your salvation. Because only then do you get really healed, healed from above, born again. So Romans 10 and verse 13. 
Romans 10 and verse 13 says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach what? Those who preach. No. There's a lot of people preaching this morning. All around the world. Well, now it's every day because it's on YouTube and it's on wherever. It's not just that we preach, but it is that we preach the gospel of peace. Who bring glad tidings of good things. That's beautiful feet preaching. So if it's not that, some ugly feet preaching, eh? It's not God's intention. It's not the message that He wanted to bring to us. But they have not obeyed, they have not all obeyed the gospel. So what is it that unites us? It's what completes us. What is it that completes us? It is obeying the gospel. And obey there really isn't to do accordingly, but it is to accept. I submit to this message. I realize and I believe this is the only way to eternal life. That is obeying the message. And then he says, for Isaiah says, so now again, from the epistles, we are quoting the prophecies. Lord, who has believed our report? So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The Amplified Classic brings it out a little bit more and says, so faith comes by hearing what is told and what is heard comes from the preaching of um, the preaching of the message that came by the lips of Christ, the Messiah himself. It's a weird translation. It's the only one that sort of I found that sits in that. It says, it is what Christ told us. It is the word of truth, the message from Christ, some of the translations say. So we need to know what is it that brings faith. Because we know that we are saved by grace through faith. So it's the message of grace that stirs faith in our heart. And then we believe and then we what? We're born from above, born of God. So none of us here and I'll say this confidently, was born of a virgin. Okay? So I'm not going to get graphic. I'm just, I'm just getting con- consent. <laughs> so there was seed involved. You cannot be birthed without seed. Okay? It's practical biology. I don't know what grade they teach that these days and if they even still do with everything that's going on out there. But that's how it works. Okay? So how then... Can you get born from God, born from above, born again, without seed? You see, it's not the sinner's prayer that saves you. It is the germination of the seed, the word of God, the good news of your salvation, that germinates in your heart, faith springs up, and you're born from God. That puts salvation on a totally different place. And now the fact is, can I lose my salvation, is can you get unborn? You can die, but you can't get unborn. So salvation is not not sinning or it's not good scales and and, and bad works. No, salvation is receiving a seed, the message of your your salvation, the gospel, the word of truth. Isaiah, Ephesians 1.13, there's so much in just that. We tend to jump to 17. We pray for the revealing of our hearts that the inner man will see. But 1.13 speaks about really the essence of what we're about is the gospel of our salvation, the word of truth. It is the seed, which is the word of God. And now what do we, what do we get from Romans ten seventeen? It says that we need to preach a message, but it says that basically we need to preach what Jesus preached. 
That is the message about, but now Peter, I thought we need to preach about Christ. I don't want to stay on this side because then the projector is in, in, in the problem, but then you guys feel left out, so I'll stand here just a little bit. It is not the message just about Christ, but it is also the message that Christ preached. Why? Because Christ preached himself. After the cross, Jesus does what? He walks on the road to Emmaus and he shows them the things concerning himself. So what happens? Immediately, they say, didn't our hearts burn within us, Luke 24, when he broke open the scriptures to us? Not when we saw him in the flesh, when he broke open the scriptures to us. Didn't our hearts burn? And I listened to JB um, in Solaris, he shared on something similar, and he said, he made a joke, he said, it wasn't heartburn because they didn't eat yet. They heartburned, it wasn't soybrand. Because they heartburned before they ate. Like sometimes when you're really hungry, you get soybrand. <laughs> Just a joke, but it's really that the message is the word of God, the word of truth, the gospel. It's what Jesus preached. Ephesians 1.13 says we need to believe. Now what does it mean to believe? To think to be true, to be persuaded of, to credit, to place confidence in. Now a lot of people place confidence in works, in good works versus bad works, in you can fill in the blanks. What do you put confidence in? Is it in... What do you put confidence in? Is it in your works? Is it in your prayer? Is it in how much you study the word? Is it in, or is it that you put confidence in the gospel? The message of your salvation, Christ the seed. So Acts 16, we go look at that. Verse 30 says, And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, that's really what we're looking at. What unites us and what completes us is exactly the same thing. So what is it then that saves us? So the word is asked, and this is after Paul and Silas was in the, um, in the, in the prison, and the prisoner calls them out and he says, Sirs, what must we do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Not just believe in God. Even the demons know that there's God. But believe in Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be, what? Saved. It doesn't say, pray the sinner's prayer. The sinner's prayer is Romans 10, 9 and, 8, uh, <coughs> 9 and 10, where we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths. But we need to believe first. A lot of people pray the sinner's prayer without believing. So they don't receive the seed. What is belief then? Belief is hearing a message. Let that message, that seed, sprout in your heart. Now you believe. Because now what? Life is on the inside. You know why I'm excited? Because I know where we're going. So, hold on. So what do they do? Believe. Now, what does Christians do? You've got a sticker on your car. Believe. Turn or burn. The Lord Jesus is the answer. That's not good Christianity. That's not, that's not what we should do. Because they didn't just say... You see, Acts is really about practical application. Not so much about doctrine. Okay? So we're looking at it and they say, what must we do to be saved? Now they answer him, believe the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. Good answer, but how will they believe? We just looked at it from Romans 10. How will they believe unless they hear? How will they hear unless it's preached? How will they preach unless they sent? So preach there is not just talking, but you are sent with a message. You're an ambassador. You don't come to bring your own ideas and agenda. You are sent this is your message. You almost don't open the letter until you get there. You show them it's sealed by King Jesus. Signed, sealed, delivered. 
It is marked with the Holy Spirit of promise. So now God will even, how does that work? He confirms the word with signs following because the Holy Spirit now is in you. So it's as if you open the letter and you say, hey, this is what God promised all along. And that's really if you preach the scriptures, the Old Testament and the prophets, you say, hey, that's exactly what they do in Acts. They say, this is what Jesus said. This is what Isaiah said. This is what Joel said. Acts 2. Peter says, they are not drunk as you suppose, but this happens so that is fulfilled what Joel said in Joel 2. In Acts 13, Paul preaches an amazing sermon. But he goes from Genesis, he goes to Exodus, he goes all the way. He takes them through the story. He dumps them right at Jesus and he said, now you've got an opportunity to believe. This is what was said in Psalm 2. In another Psalm, we know it's Psalm 16, we can go look it up. This is said. So he quotes verses and scriptures from the old, but he's speaking not about mountaintops and valleys and green grass and still waters. He's speaking about Christ. He's speaking about Christ. Why? Because he wants to bring it to their belief. So now he says, guys, you need to hear about Jesus. So verse 32 says, then they spoke the word of the Lord. So they realize these guys are up for salvation. (laughs) There's a a hot lead. You know what a hot lead is in in business? It's an opportunity to convert. Where do they get this terminology? So we've got hot leads here, guys. This guy is wanting, he's looking, he's wanting salvation. So give, this is how it works, but let me help you. So you need to believe, but now I'm going to speak. So they spoke the word of the Lord. That's very important to him. And to all who were in his house. So what is the word of the Lord? It's the seed. They're presenting the seed, because without the seed, there cannot be new birth. You see, you're not born through confession You're born from belief. But you can, what is it that you believe? You believe in what you've heard. How will they believe unless they hear? How will they hear unless it's preached? How will they preach unless it's sent? I mean, that works great if you rally people to give money to to missions. But it's not what it's about. It is about the purity of the seed, the clarity of the message. Without that, we don't, we've got fake counterfeit conversions. And that's why people go above and beyond and every time they raise their hand and they recommit. Or they get born again again. You can't. I mean, however old you are, you can't get back, phone your mom and say, hey mom, I want to start over. You can't. It's like you, you, you've done what you've done. There's grace for it. There's, there's salvation. There's, there's, there's mercy. There's forgiveness. But like, what's done is done. When you're born again, you're, you're born again. You're ready to, to live now from that place. So he gives them the, the word of the Lord, the seed. 1 Peter 1.23 1 Peter 1.23 says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. This really is the crux. This is the, what the whole message this morning is about. We are born again from a seed. But we were born from a corruptible seed, the flesh. Now we receive an eternal seed, the gospel, the message of salvation. What is it about? It's about the word, yes, but the word who became flesh, who lived among us, who died and who was risen. And now seated at the right hand of the Father. That is the seed. It says, not of the corruptible seed, but the incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So he explains it again to us. He says, this incorruptible seed, or the unperishable is another translation for incorruptible. Because we think corruption, I mean, you think about Guptas, you think about uh, 
World Cup stadiums, you think about uh, service delivery. That's not what this is about. This is about imperishable. This is about that will never die again. And now you see, it is that the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Verse 24, because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass, and the grass withers, the flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. The seed of God is incorruptible, unperishable. Now this is the word. What is the word? It's not the full Bible if you don't understand it. Yes, you can get the word from most of the Bible if you speak Christ. But he says, this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. You see, I love it when I don't need to explain the, the scriptures. You can just read it for yourself. The word is the incorruptible. The will is, word is what gives the unperishable. The word is what is going to cause you to live forever. That's basically what he says. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached, the good news of Jesus. What is the gospel? Ephesians 1.13, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Does this make sense? It's practical this morning. What unites us is what saves us and it's what completes us. Without God's seed, you cannot have God's life. It's so simple. <laughs> We've complicated it. I've complicated it. Who's complicated it? I've, I've done it. Like, and you try and explain it to someone, and now how do you know they're really born again when they leave your conversation? Did you present them with the incorruptible seed, the word of God, the gospel of the salvation? of? It's not about fear of hell. It's about the way of life. Fear of hell doesn't get you born again. Only the seed of the gospel that shows you there is an eternal plan. There is life after death, and that life is in God. Without God's seed... You cannot have his life. The seed is the word, and the word is the gospel of your salvation. Matthew 4.14, the sower sows what? Seed, yes, but the word. The sower sows the word, the word is the seed. Luke 8.11, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The word of God is the message about Christ. You see, we need to understand what is the message of the Bible if we want to sow the word of God. So the message of the Bible is about Christ and the hope of salvation. We looked at it in worship from Isaiah, what was it, Isaiah 12. Draw out from the wells of salvation. Now it's not talking about the waters that David drank that was sweet unto his taste. No, it's talking about Christ who now lives and abides in you. What did Jesus say to the woman at the well? Interesting. You see, if, if, you, if you pick up these topics all throughout the Word, then you realize there's something in there. There's a doctrine. There's something that we need to believe. He says, you'll drink of these waters that I give you, and you'll never thirst again. So when we drink of God once, then we never thirst again. So how then can we lose our salvation? You see, the question about losing your salvation only comes in if you're not really born again. Born from above, which I like, born of God, 1 John 5. Because if you're born of God, it means you're born according to His seed, His doing. The Word says, not as according to man, but by the will of God. The will of God is that all men repent and come to the understanding of the gospel. Because He wants to have a full household. But it doesn't automatically come to pass. So, what is it that the message then does? We know the word is sharper than a two-edged sword. So it really goes in and it checks what we believe. And that's when we get a bit offended sometimes. <laughs> because, like someone said, um, you're trampling all over my toes, but 
it seems like there's truth in it, so I'm going to let you dance on them some more. Okay, so offense really closes your heart to receiving the truth. And if you read on, for time's sake, we're not going to get there. But in Mark 4, Jesus says, the word is the parable, the parable is the seed which was sown. But it says, one of the types of soil is because of offense, the seed doesn't penetrate their hearts. So if you believe what you believe and you're stuck on it, and you're never willing to be wrong on what you believe, you're never going to grow. Someone said to me, but you're saying things different to what you said two years ago. I said, you should be thankful. Because it shows that we're humble, that we're maturing, and that we're growing in our understanding. Yes, we can say sorry and repent. I mean, but we do what we do through conviction, how we see it in the Scriptures. And then if God takes us deeper, because John 16, the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth, into a full revelation of the true reality of Christ. Now, I'm not sure. I'm not there. If you are there, please come speak to me. I'd like to learn from you. (laughs) I'm honest. I'm not there. I'm going. Like, we're growing. We, we, at least we've left. But you should be thankful that we bring a more pure seed because guess what? Then we'll seek better fruit. Now let's look at some of the fruit because when, when I look at the Word and if I look in the book of Acts and I don't look for doctrine, I just look for fruit, I don't see that fruit currently. And I'm not talking just about signs and wonders. I'm, seeing, I'm talking about conversions, salvations, people being added to the church. So on the first day, how many added? 3,000. That's a good message. Okay, Stephen, Acts 7, does something similar, very similar message. And then what happens? He gets murdered. Okay, so you see how offense, same message, has two very different outcomes. So is the messenger the problem? Was the message the problem? No, it's the hearer. But the message will convict you of unbelief, wrong belief. And then we need to be willing to change what we believe. So Acts 13, Paul preaches, again, very similar message, but right at the end, Acts 13, 44, it says, the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear what? The Word of God. Now I want to preach messages that stirs the town. Not because I want to be famous, please don't. I want to walk around and like not have to wear a cap and sunglasses and enjoy time with my family. I'm not out to, to get famous, but I'm out to get people born again. So if the message has the power to stir the whole town, except the Jews, by the way, if you read 43, they chased them away. 44 says the whole town of Antioch basically came together. To hear what? A message. Not about wealth and riches. About salvation. Why did the whole town come together? There was rich and poor, there was healthy and unhealthy. Because they all have an eternal salvation issue, problem, need. So if our message is applicable to everyone, then all of a sudden everyone can come and listen to our message. The gospel of your salvation. Good news to the poor. Now what if I go to, I mean you can pick wherever in Stellenbosch. You can find poor people, but you can find very rich people. What if I go to the Zalza, seeing that I see it now? Then is the gospel not for them? Well, you don't know what their credit cards look like, so maybe it is. No, it is the poor in spirit. The good news that the true riches is now Christ coming down. Heaven came to earth so that you can be one with God. That's the true riches. So guess what? It's applicable to everyone. 
You see, we shouldn't just, I'm a biker church. So, and if you're a biker church, then you preach to bikers, but you should preach the gospel. You should give them seed for salvation. If you preach to people in Solaris Pass, they preach exactly the same message. Because there's only one message that brings salvation. The good news message about the gospel of Christ. So let's go back to Acts 13.23. And then Paul, I'm just going to highlight through it quickly, says, From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a Savior, Jesus. So there's the principle of the seed from a man. Now Jesus is risen. Verse 24. After John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all people of Israel. So he's saying, again, this is the story. John baptized with water. Jesus says, I'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. But he says, that's a baptism of repentance. Verse 26. Men and brethren. So he's, he's brought them from Genesis through Exodus all the way to John the Baptist. Showing them clearly the message of the Bible. The, the, the chain of it. And then he says, men and brethren. Sons of the family of Abraham. And those among you who fear God. For you the word of his salvation has been sent. The seed is sown. That's what he's saying. Now you have an opportunity to react to it. He says, verse, 20, verse 32, And we declare to you glad tidings, that promise which was made to the fathers. What is the gospel? Romans 10 said it should be the gospel of glad tidings. Now Paul says, we've given you the news about glad tidings. He says, that what was promised to the fathers. And what was promised? Galatians 3 and 14 says, Yes, Christ became a curse for you so that because everyone's hanging on a curse, so that the Holy Spirit can be poured out on all men, the promise that was made to the Abraham and the fathers. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that He raised up Jesus, as it also is written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of of sins. What is the eternal problem? The global problem. Sin. Okay. But it's not what you think it is. But that is the one thing we all have in common. Whether you're rich or poor, healthy, unhealthy, whether you've got great relationships or not. And by Him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Saying it's not about works. It's about justification just as if you've never sinned. And then, what is the result of his message? And for time's sake, go read it at home. Go and get a good Bible that has references. It shows you the Old Testament references. Psalm 2, Psalm 16, etc. The next Sabbath, almost the whole town came together. To what? To see how well Paul was dressed. Or to hear his eloquent speech. No. To hear the word of God. You see, the more it's about the word, the less it's about the person in front. And then it means it's for all of us. That's what I love about the simplicity of the message. I don't want to say you don't need me, but you don't need me to share the word. Because you should be sharing the word. We should be able to phone every, anyone on a Sunday morning and say, Hey, I can't make it for whatever good reason. Please share. And they shouldn't fall off their, 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 their oh, no, no, toilet seat maybe at that time. <laughs> Saying you should have given me more time to prepare. Because you can just open Acts 13 and teach exactly what Paul preached. And it should be powerful enough to bring the whole town together next week. Why? Because it's applicable to everyone. The message is applicable to everyone. We have to preach what Jesus and the apostles preached if we want to get the results that Jesus and the apostles got.
What was it? Awakened hearts. Burning within. Seeing Christ in the Scriptures. Turning to God and say, Hey, I'm willing to die for this. I'm willing to sell my homes, my farms. Not because I want to get something, but because I'm part of something. Not because I'm out to who's going to give what and take an account. You know that what Ananias and Sapphira did. They tried to... There was disunity. They were lying to the family. Now, I don't believe God killed them. I believe they just died from a heart attack because of their belief system. Now, what you believe is what you become. So if you, if you believe God is fearful and, and frightening and you lie to Him and you're caught out, then your blood pressure is going to go up a little bit and your pulse is going to raise. I mean, it's anxiety to the nth degree. Is, that's just a heart attack. I'm not out to preach on Ananias and Sapphira this morning, by the way. But there's something about unity, and really the heart of my message this morning is if we realize what it is that we're about, we're about salvation in Christ through the seed, the incorruptible word of God, the good news, the word of truth. And then if we know that when we receive that, we are what? Complete. Colossians 1 and 2, and many other places, but you need to get the last five weeks' messages. I'm building on that base this morning, so I'm not trying to convince you of our completeness. I believe we've done so. But maybe I've got just a little bit something more to, to help you get there. So, if we are born from the same seed, means we're of the same family, means we have the same life unto when? All eternity. So we can just as well make peace with each other because we're going to be together for a very long time. <laughs> that's, the, that's the root of, the, of, of it. Whether you don't like me, amen, I'm going to be there for all eternity. And if you're going to be there for all eternity, let's make peace. <laughs> and if you don't, I want to make a mansion joke, but we won't. Because I believe we are the mansion in which God dwells. He went away to make a place ready for us. Now He comes and lives in us. So, in my conclusion then, I want to speak just a little bit about the problem of mankind, which is sin. So, if sin is the problem, that's why the message of salvation is applicable to everyone. And we have one answer for that problem, which is the good news of Jesus, which is the seed. And then we be born again. What has it got to do with works? You see, all the way, I, I took you on a journey this morning, and I'm sure that most of you, at least, don't think I'm half crazy, but you sort of, you, 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 part, you, you, you came with us every step unto the place where I show you that the seed is the word, and that's what you need to live forever. Okay? He who has the Son has what? Life. And he who does not the Son does not have life. The simplest verse in the Bible, but that's what it's all about. So what about sin? So we looked at this verse, said something about Moses, that Moses cannot save you. I think we know that. Moses is dead, <laughs> or is he? He was on the mountain, so he got into the promised land after all. Acts thirteen thirty nine. that's a different message. And by him, everyone who believes is justified, what? From all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. So what was the law of Moses about? Works. So he says, you don't, you, you've got a sin problem, but works won't save you. Do you, you on par with me? It's not I who say it, it was Paul in Acts thirteen thirty nine. So now Romans 3, 23 you see, we're not really in Colossians anymore, <laughs> but we're still about completion. So Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
So the message of salvation is applicable to everyone. But now Romans 5 says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Now when did Christ die? He died before I was born, so how could I do anything wrong and be a sinner? Okay, so it's not about work so much then, because I haven't been able to work. And when does a kid sin for the first time? The first tantrum? The first time they spit the milk out? The first time they... I don't know. So if it's not that clear, then, then why do we make it about it? So Romans 3, 23 says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, Julius, there's a picture about hamartia or hamartano that you need to get ready for us, because I'm afraid people don't believe me. But the word sinner there is hamartia in the noun and hamartano in the Greek in the verb. And really, while he's looking for that, I want to just say, I believe being born again, born from above, born of God, whatever you prefer, is really so much more than about good and bad, about evil works. Because if it's just about evil works, then it's just about me receiving forgiveness, a clean slate, starting over. And then we have this picture that the new slate doesn't, that the koki doesn't write on it. So the more we, it's like you get this magic spray and like every sin, just like God doesn't keep book of it. So you can't, you can't put it down. Anyone paying with me? Is this like more or less what you thought? Or you just get a, you, you get, 70 times 70 at least. So if you're keeping, well, love does not keep record of wrong. So being a sinner is, is different than works. The word, I'm going to continue. If he gets it up, he, he gets it up. You can look it up for yourself. It means to, to miss the mark. So our understanding immediately is, I'm aiming at something, a holy life, and I miss the mark. Okay? But the mark is the seal of the Holy Spirit that we looked at from Ephesians 1.13. Another word for seal there is mark. So we miss the mark, not in terms of what we aim for, we miss the mark of being signed off as good enough. Okay, this is going to, this should blow your mind. Just a little. It means to miss the mark. Now, we almost have an understanding of this. Error. Wrong things, wrong doings. We're a sinner. Oh, useless. Shouted at whoever again. I drank again. I did whatever again. So I'm in error. I'm mistaken. Please save me, Lord. Okay? Some of us get to this missing the mark. At least we're aiming at something. So that's good intentions. But we miss it. So we are sort of forgiven. So you can't get a... I, I was a sinner. I got saved. I'm not a sinner saved. By grace. You, you, you're no longer a sinner. But then, what about 1 John 5 that says, if you're really saved, you won't sin. Now, you, I don't know about you, but I made some mistakes this week. It was only me. I erred. Okay? So, miss the mark means to, not to what I'm aiming, I'm missing. It means that I don't have the seal of the Holy Spirit. When do I get the seal of the Spirit? When I receive the seed of God. The confirmation of that seal now is, there's the Holy Spirit, because you're holy. God only lives in holy places. You now, like us, welcome to the family. To take it another step up, so again, I'm going up here. It says to be without a share in. Again, I didn't write the Greek lexicon. I only used it. 
So it says we are all sinners. We are all missing the mark without the Holy Spirit. We're all without a share in. We're missing a crucial part. That's what it says. Okay, last week, Sunday night, I touched on this and everyone's eyes just went bigger and bigger and bigger the more I spoke. It says, you are missing a vital part. Now, look at Romans 3.23. It it's evident. Once you see it, you're never going to unsee it. For all are missing a vital part. All are missing the mark. All comes short of a share in what? You are short of the glory of God. So he confirms what I just said in the same verse. All are missing a vital part by falling short of what? The glory of God. Isn't that amazing? Then what does Colossians 1 and 27 says? Now Christ lives where? In you. What is he? The hope of glory. So we were missing something, so we fell short of the glory of God. What we were missing? Jesus. The seed. The life. We fell short of the glory, but now Christ is in us, and He is the hope, the expectation, the confirmation of that glory, which was missing in everyone. Selah. It makes sense, people. It makes sense. And you know how now it makes sense? It makes sense in other verses. So in closing, 1 John 5 and verse 11. And says, this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is where? In His Son. So we all fell short of life. We were going to die. But now we have found life in what? In the Son. He who has the Son has life. And he who does not have the Son does not have life. And for the first time, 1 John 5 and verse 18 makes sense to me. You know, there's verses, even as a pastor, you just say, for time's sake, we're not going to look at that this morning. we just skip over them. It's because, you know what, the, it's really because we don't understand it. But now, I'm bringing this to you. It says, we know that whoever is what? Born of God. Whoever received what? The seed of God. Christ, the message of your salvation. But that he, he what, does not, what does he not do? He sins not. Now, I said, my hand is up, but since I got born again, I've erred. I've made mistakes. I've messed up. Then, is the Bible now, this verse, not applicable to me? Or am I not really born again? Because that's where you go. And that's why 75% of people in mental asylums call themselves Christian. Because we are completely confusing them. So it says, we know that whoever is born of God, received the seed, the life of Jesus, the hope of glory, does not sin, is no longer missing a crucial, vital part. Hamartia. So when you receive Him, you are not missing anything, meaning you are now complete. Because a sinner is someone missing a crucial part, missing the mark, the hope, the seal, saying complete in Christ, through the Holy Spirit, your salvation. Whosoever is born of God sinneth not, is not without a share, is not missing a crucial part, but that he is begotten of God, keepeth himself, and the wicked one doesn't touch him. We looked at Romans 3.23, we looked at Colossians, look at Romans 
6 with me. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for what? The ungodly. What we think we read is those who did evil works. What we're reading is those who were without God. Ungodly. They were without God. Who did he die for? Those who didn't have God. So, remember what I said. I didn't err. I didn't do evil works before I was born. But I was born without the God part. So Christ died 2,000 years ago, so give me the opportunity. Yes, I'm born a sinner, I'm born with a missing part. But when I receive Christ, I'm no longer missing a crucial part. And guess what? He's not going anywhere. I cannot out my salvation. Because it was never about works, it was about life. The life is in the Son. They who have the Son have life. They do not have the Son, do not have life. You can go check it out. Please do. But to me, it makes sense. Romans 5, 8. But God commendeth His love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet missing a crucial part, what happened? Christ died for us, availing Himself, bringing us the seed of life which we were missing, so that we can be born again, born from above, born of God, forever live with Him. What does Hebrews say in Hebrews 12? Lay aside every weight. Lay aside that which slows you down and forget about sin. It's actually what it says. Yes, sin will hinder you. Sin will mess you up. Sin will get you to heaven sooner than what God planned for you to get there. But forget about it. It's not about that. Because once you've received the message of your salvation, you are born again. Born from above, one with God. Live forever. And that is the message that I believe will turn this town and many others upside down. That is what will bring people flocking, adding 3,000 daily to the church. Because guess what? It's applicable to everyone. Hey, (laughs) you might have all the money in the world, but it's going to fade away. As the flower fades, the grass withers. But guess what? I've got something that speaks to your eternal longing, your eternal being, your eternal knowing, your eternal longing. It is that you can be one with God. How? Let me share with you what Jesus did give you the seed, give them the opportunity to receive the seed, the message of their salvation. And when they do, they receive the word who became flesh. We give them the word that germinates in their flesh, in their spirit, and they become one with God. What completes us is what unites us, because we were all missing the same thing. Whether you committed a hundred murders or none, we're all missing the God part. He who has the Son has life. So we can Get on the same page because we're going to live forever and it's a long time. So let's get on the same page. Let's live in unity about that which is important. And knowing that we are complete in Him, we go out from this place. You know what? If you know that you're complete and you know how people out there are not, then you're always the one who has something to give. Never the one who needs to ask for something. Because we've got the healer inside us, the provider inside us, the very life of God living inside us. We are no longer missing the mark. We've got the Holy Spirit. We are signed as completed, one with God. As He is, so are we in this world. No longer missing the crucial part.
we'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. 